The Nashville Predators have made their roster decisions. And on today's Locked on Predators, we will talk about the choices the Preds have made. Plus, it is Western Conference Tuesday. I am going to be joined by good friend and Locked on Kraken host Erica Ayala as we discuss all things Western Conference. That's coming up on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day. I am Ann Kimmel. I am a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com, and I am usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan, but Nick is off today. I am going to be joined in just a moment by good friend and Locked on Kraken host, Erica Ayella, as she and I dissect the Western Conference, and we're going to go ahead and make some bold predictions for the season while we're at it. But first, let's take a minute to touch base and talk about the roster moves that happened over the last 24 hours with the Predators. On Sunday, the Preds placed goaltender Connor Ingram on waivers, and yesterday, the Arizona Coyotes claimed him. So, Connor Ingram headed to Arizona. This is a little bit disappointing, of course, because Connor Ingram was definitely a Nashville favorite on and off of the ice, but here is what's kind of real about the goaltending situation in Nashville. There is a pretty um, hefty, a pretty meaty goaltending pipeline right now for the Nashville Predators. And Connor Ingram definitely deserves a chance to develop and to get and earn some NHL ice time. And I'm not sure that Nashville is the franchise that is going to give him the best chance for that. So while absolutely hate to see Ingram leave and hate to see him play somewhere else. I do understand and and think that this may be a great opportunity for Connor Ingram to get a little bit more time and a little bit more opportunity than he would have gotten here in Nashville. So Connor Ingram off to Arizona, still going to cheer for him. You know that we uh, here at Lockdown Predators, we just love us some Connor Ingram. The other big news that happened yesterday when it comes to the Predators roster, Phil Tomasino will be starting the season in Milwaukee. Now, this is kind of an interesting move by the Predators, a little bit surprising. I think definitely at the beginning of the preseason, this was not something that people anticipated, but as training camp and preseason went on, maybe started to see some hints that something like this could happen. I think there is some logic behind this move for the Predators if you kind of step back from the surprise and emotion of it. Um, I think Tomasino could benefit from, from a little bit more time to kind of develop and find his game. And, you know, being with Carl Taylor and the coaching staff in Milwaukee is just a really good place for that to happen. And we saw that last season with Cody Glass as well. Um, also, Tomasino is waivers exempt, so this kind of gives John Hines an opportunity to look at some players a little bit longer that he may not have wanted to risk losing through waivers at this point um, early in the season. So 
you know, overall, I would say a surprising move, but I don't think in any way that this is some sort of an indictment about Tomasino's game or even about his future with this franchise. I really do expect that we will see Tomasino back in Nashville sooner rather than later. So an interesting development when it comes to the Predators roster. Those were kind of the two big stories. Nick and I are going to dive into these a little bit more on Thursday when he returns back to the show. So we'll have some more insight and thoughts on Ingram and Tomasino as we prepare you for Thursday's game against the Dallas Stars. But today I am welcoming great friend Erica Ayella to Locked on Predators. She is the host of Locked on Kraken. And Erica and I decided to sit down and kind of look at the Western Conference as a whole. We went and talked through who the standout players this season may be in the Western Conference, which team we think has the best goaltending duo, and we decide who is going to probably end up in the Western Conference Finals. I don't know that it's going to be a huge surprise. So I am joined now by my good friend, Erica Ayala. Erica, how are you? I am doing so well, and we had a chance to catch up and get into all the knit and grit of <laughs> sports before this. So that was invigorating, but now always excited to uh, come back and speak to the Preds fans and the Kraken fans about right. the NHL. <laughs> That's right. So Erica is the host, of course, of Locked on Kraken. So let's get to the hard-hitting, important stuff that we need to talk about. First of all, the question on everybody's mind, how do you feel about the Kraken mascot? Let's get to the good stuff. Oh, let's go. Buoy the sea troll. I'm going to be honest. I uh -huh. am not a, a mascot person. I am a mm -hmm. New York Metropolitans fan. And Mr. and Mrs. Met, I think, give you the wholesome mascot you know, content that you need without getting super weird. Um, so I really feel like I got the holy grail of, of mascots. Uh, so I don't really look for much. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't expect much elsewhere. So I, I was like, okay, Sea Troll, didn't see that one coming. That being said, Bowie, oh Bowie. Bowie, I, I kind of like Bowie now. It took a while. It was a slow burn. Um, but speaking of slow burns, it was really Bowie the Sea Troll on Twitter uh, responding to some of the hate that they were getting that, oh. made, that won me over. I was like, who among us women in hockey has not had trolls just come on our social media platforms, speak mm -hmm. about our looks and how much they hate us? And Bowie handled it so well with wit. And unapologetically, and I was like, you know what? This, I am here. I am here for Bowie. Yeah. I, I will say unexpected, very unexpected. I was like, very of course, we're going to get some sort of like squid. Like, I really right. thought we would get like, a lot of people but that. it's a lot to keep track of like tentacles and stuff. So it, it makes good sense. I, I, I think safety-wise, that was a good call. Another thing that I love, and I think the Seattle Kraken does a great job with storytelling, but there mm -hmm. is a little, a little, uh, you know, Kraken magic. There's a little tentacle that uh, hangs from Bowie's hair. Then yes. Bowie has a, a piercing with an anchor, mm -hmm. which is, of course, our secondary logo. Um, mm -hmm. so the flow also represents hockey hockey flow and and you know there is there are what is it in minnesota right state of hockey they have a whole tournament in which they rank flow so i mean like there was there were there was some thought given mm -hmm. um 
I love, I love the connections to things that are deeply Seattle and deeply Seattle Kraken. So at first I was at best indifferent just because that's how I am about mascots, period. Mm -hmm. uh, but Boone has won me over. Yeah, I will say it was unexpected. And I am like you. Here is my one of my biggest fears in life are things in costume. Yep. Very uncomfortable for me. I need to be able to identify who you are. And so right. in my mind, like in Nashville, Nash is literally a saber tooth tiger. Are they extinct? Yes, except Nash, because in my mind, he has, you know, he's got to be real. Otherwise, creepy. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Creepy. I feel you on that. Yeah. See, and yeah, I think it makes sense for Seattle. It wasn't mm -hmm. super on the nose for Kraken, but I'm okay with that. I think we're good. Yeah. Who's yeah. good? And, and I will say this, I think Seattle across the board has hit it out of the park. I will say, I think y'all have the best jerseys in the entire league, oh, best yeah, colors in the entire league, best yep. logo in the entire league. I don't, you know, I've seen the rankings. The rankings are wrong. Y'all got robbed. Were, those were, wow. Those were not great. <laughs> no, no, I don't. They asked the wrong people. They did not ask us. So I think I, I'm telling you, I think the Kraken hitting it out of the park. Like, I don't know about the on ice product. We're going to talk about that in a second, but Whoa. off ice, y'all are killing it. Killing you it. Know, and you got to start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You got to build the energy somewhere. So, okay. So let's just gently dip our toe into the on ice water here. Now that you say that. So how's everything looking for the Seattle Kraken? You know what? Let's start with what we know. It's going to be a better offensive team. Uh, I mean, well, we should say, in theory, it should be a better offensive team. The Seattle Kraken have focused a lot on offense um, with Andre Burakovsky. Oliver oh. Bjorkstrand made a great deal there uh, to bring him over from Columbus. Um, you know, I think, obviously, Maddie Beniers, we had nine points in 10 games in his debut. We have three goals in three preseason games. So, you know, all of these are still early returns. But uh, Maddie Beniers, I think, is the real deal. Shane yeah. Wright is cutting his teeth, and we'll see where, where he fits into the NHL roster. So I think the offense will be better. Also, the mentality is really that let's play – possession hockey if we have the puck the other team doesn't and they can't score on us so the focus on offense the focus on special teams and the power play and having someone like justin schultz come in who's an addition for us and kind of help quarterback that i think will improve what we see offensively mm -hmm. um i mean i mentioned shane Wright. obviously that's a big name it's a big draw yeah. in the sport for us the the death stare and all of it and you know uh is he uh, a little bit um you know does he have little teenage fits yeah of course because he's 18 people yes come oh, on he's young he's a young guy he's gonna make mistakes he's he's talked about that but i think mm -hmm. having him in the preseason on a line with Jaden schwartz and uh uh, and Jordan Eberly, like really giving him all of the, and this is something Ron Francis says, every opportunity to be successful at this level. And I think the Kraken have done that so far. So I'm, I'm curious to see, I, I still kind of lean more towards Maddie Veneers as far as what I think fits the Seattle Kraken style seamlessly. And, and, and I think Maddie Veneers has already showed that he has made that transition pretty well. I think it'll be a little bit of a rougher fit 
for Shane Wright, but not something that that he can't, um, you know, rise to the occasion and, and meet that expectation. Uh, so that's that's the good and the potential. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we spoke with uh, Blake Holden, love, love uh, the Oilers, locked on Oilers, and he had such a, a great way of saying this FC opportunity, or I guess if we want to remix that because FC stands for football club, but HC, hockey club opportunity. And we're going to give our young guys an opportunity, and they're going to get the support of veterans, so I like those changes. The challenging part for me is with all of that focus on offense, we are still, I'm not seeing the vision defensively. <laughs> yeah, there's all with that i'm not seeing it um goaltending was an issue for us last year we switched out our goaltending coach we have steve briere that was one of the first things in the exit interview with dave haxtell and ron francis we got that info right away yeah we're moving on uh we'll be looking for a new goaltending coach so Obviously, the Seattle Kraken knew that goaltending was an issue. Uh, we were ranked pretty high, one of the top three, you know, tandems going in. Yeah. Did not did not manifest. Uh, Drieger was in and out with injury, and we'll start with injury again after suffering an ACL tear with Canada in the World Championships. So, um, Philip Grubauer seems to be more comfortable. Uh, he's a reserved type of player when it comes to interviews, but he seems, dare I say, even joyful (laughs) when talking about Steve Briere and how he thinks the goaltending kind of uh, coaching and and, uh, the goaltending core is doing. So I think that I'm hoping that that will yield good results. Uh, Martin Jones is likely going to be that other player. We just put Joey Decord on uh, waivers. We'll see if he clears, but um, um. I, I think that Jones has looked really great close up, uh, though Calgary was able to snipe him pretty bad. So that could become a problem in the scout. Um, overall, I think we will be an improved team. I'm not biting the bait right now that we will be a playoff team, but I think we will be better. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's just about the baby steps. You know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes you just want to get a little better each year. It's, you know. Correct. So, and I will say this in Nashville, happy for you because you know, I love you, Erica, but y'all took Andre Burakovsky and I really, really wanted him in Nashville. Uh-huh. So congratulations on that. We're really happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. Yeah. I think he's got a nice approach. He's like, listen, uh, you know, uh, we're thinking a lot still. Uh, I want us to feel a little more and not have to th- overthink things yeah. and that's going to take time. So I love that. Um, I think he's not putting too much pressure on himself whilst also not taking it too lackadaisical. So I think that it, again, maybe uh, using the term slow burn, I think he might ignite um, maybe not where we want opening day, but I think that's fine. So coming up, Erica and I are going to dive into the Western Conference. She is going to be our Pacific Division eyes. I'm going to be our Central Division eyes. We're going to tell you who we think are going to excel at some different categories. We're going to dive into that in just a second. First, though, we want to talk to you about one of our good partners, Athletic Greens. And Athletic Greens has this incredible product. It is called AG1. And if you are anything like me, you're always looking for ways to better your health. But let's face it, it is 100% overwhelming to go and hunt down all of the different vitamins and all the different supplements and figure out what you need to take when. When really you just want to add energy, you want to have gut health, you want to do some immune support, and you need it to be easy. 
AG1 is the product that you that you want to get a hold of. I have actually been using AG1 now for a couple of months, and it is a product that you will notice the difference in right away. Uh, with one delicious scoop of AG1 powder, you are going to absorb 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you get your day started. And this special blend of ingredients is going to support gut health, help your nervous system, your immune system. It's going to help you with energy, recovery, and focus throughout your day. I just take one scoop of the powder. I put it in a glass of water first thing in the morning. I stir it up and I drink it. It is hands down the easiest way for you to get all of the extra vitamins and nutrients that you want without counting out and choking down giant horse pills, figuring out what combinations you need to take with food, without food. You can get all of this in one glass of AG1. You just quickly mix it up in a glass of water. It is just a micro habit that is going to yield you big benefits. And here's the thing that matters the most, frankly, it actually tastes great. We've all tried all the different powders and potions. They're hard to choke down. This is so easy to make and it is so delicious. It has kind of a light tropical vanilla-y flavor, no gross aftertaste. AG1 is a product that you're going to use, you're going to enjoy using, and you're going to see benefits from right away. And look, AG1 costs less than $3 a day, which you want to be real about it it's going to be cheaper than that coffee habit you have to keep yourself going with energy and you're going to see long-term results after just a few weeks you're going to have better energy you're going to have better focus your afternoons are going to be better you know that afternoon thing you get ag1 is going to help you with that right now it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition one scoop one cup of water tastes great every day. That's it. There is no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, our friends at Athletic Greens, they're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1 with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Erica, we're going to dive into this Western Conference. It's it's an interesting group. The Western Conference is a very interesting group, um, but you're going to be our Pacific eyes and ears. I'm going to lean into the central a little bit, but we want to talk about some categories and, and see where we think things are going to shake out. So the first one I want to ask you about is in the Pacific Division, who is the best goalie tandem situation you all have going there? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I do think a lot of experts, and I would agree, would say that likely the best goalie in the Pacific Division is Jacob Markstrom from the Calgary Flames. I think we really got to see what Markstrom can do for that Flames team in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, some of those games were wild, and Markstrom definitely keeping Calgary in there. But I think if we're if the question is really looking at tandems, yeah. I almost wonder if we have to look at the San Jose Sharks. Um, which is a team that has struggled and likely will struggle again. But with uh, Kakanen, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and Reamer, I think that if you look at the numbers, 
those two bullies together. Um, probably the best tandem, um, but I think Markstrom is probably the best goalie. Yeah, it's a whole different conversation when you look at tandem than when you look at just individual goalie. And we kind of looking at the central division, I had that same thing. And as a team that has just played both of the goaltenders from the Sharks, I would actually agree with you because they do not give up much. They really did not give up much. Now Nashville could have perhaps made it a little harder on them at times, but it's early in the season. We're just working out the kinks, but no, I really do think, I think, I think you're probably onto it from what we've seen uh, with the Sharks at the global series for sure. Mm-hmm. When it comes to duos in the central division, like, look, I, I'm not trying to be biased here. I, I do have to consider the Nashville Predators because we have UC Saros, who was a Vesna finalist last season. He is he was injured at the end of last season back. He is just looking fantastic when we've seen him in the preseason. He played the first game of our regular season at the Global Series and looked great. Uh, one goal, I think he was 30 for 31. So back to form. Last season, we did not have a good goalie tandem. We had, um, and we love him personally, David Riddick would invite him to Thanksgiving. He's delightful. Um, (laughs) Not maybe so much in net, but uh, the Predators went and got Kevin Lankin in, and he has done a great job preseason. So I'm thinking that Nashville is in the conversation for duo between Saros and Lankin in. But, and it pains me to say it. I'm not going to lie, Eric. It pains me to say it, but I've got to throw out the Colorado avalanche. Yeah. I mean, in pretty much every category we're going to discuss, but anyway, <laughs> we're going to focus on, <laughs> focus on goaltending because they have Pavel, Pavel Francois. So he was considered a backup. Really? He's so fantastic. And they got rid of Darcy Kemper, who also was not bad, but here's the thing. Colorado doesn't need a great goaltender. They need an okay goaltender. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't have to have an exceptional exceptional one. Darcy Kemper did just fine, but mm-hmm. he is gone and they brought in Alexander Georgiev from the New York Rangers. And so mm-hmm. I think when those are, you know, you have Franco and Georgiev, two very difficult names to pronounce. Um, <laughs> but they are so both so good in goal that unfortunately... It pains me to say it, but I think Colorado may have the best goaltending duo. And it's not even like they need it. It's just greedy. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because especially in the Stanley Cup final, there were people that were questioning Darcy Kemper. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously when you get that far in a season injury and and little tweaks here and there make a difference. But um, I'm curious to see, I haven't paid much attention to Colorado's new tandem, but I love that you offered that up now. Um, so I'll have to keep a keen eye. Obviously, I know that the, the Kraken have in Burakovsky have gotten a player that, that has been a part of that team um, on the offensive more so side. So um, I'm curious to see Colorado. And yes, I was looking at some of these categories and I was like, it's probably Colorado in a lot of them. <laughs> Pretty much. This is a podcast all about the Colorado Avalanche. Right. They throw in some other teams as well. Maybe here and there. Just, you know, for yeah. Yeah. Just just fun of it. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Okay. Keep it lively. Next, Anne. And so next Colorado. (laughs) All right. 
<laughs> okay, next we're going to talk about defense, and we may or may not have to talk about Colorado again. But let's talk about defense. So looking at the Pacific Division, who do you think has kind of the best defense going into this season? Ooh, this one is tough. Partially mm-hmm. because, and those who have ever listened to Locked on Kraken know that I I love defense. Mm-hmm. And I have a really big problem with how defense is essentially quantified in a lot of sports. It's yes. difficult. I'll give you that. But also, I think we take some shortcuts. So, like, who is the best defenseman? And Ryan S. Clark has an amazing article, highly recommend, over where he's at now at ESPN. He was a former beat writer for The Athletic for the Seattle Kraken. But um, he's writing about young puck moving defensemen and this being kind of the new wave that we're seeing in the NHL and um, you know all of that to say that points do matter uh, I think you, you the NHL is slowly at a glacial pace <laughs> moving towards wanting puck moving defensemen and, and defensemen who can start the offense and so things like assists I think are really important yeah. goals obviously who doesn't want goal scorers but um, I also look at assists and so looking at that and looking at who are some of the top defensemen I think honestly in some categories you do see San Jose up there um, which is interesting because according to their host they don't like defense <laughs> but and he says they're gonna finish lo- like oh we're like a bottom five team and I'm like yeah. oh y'all scared us pretty well in the first two yeah games, but okay exactly. JD We'll see. So, I mean, you know, some of your top defensemen that, that come from the Pacific Division, uh, Brent Burns, you see Shea Theodore um, for uh, Vegas from last season. I'm looking at last year's, um, you know, numbers, Rasmus Anderson. Um, so I'm thinking it might be Calgary for mm-hmm. us. Uh, I think San Jose has some players, but I think, again, the question was more on the holistic side, not individual defensemen. Mm -hmm. So I am inclined to say either, um, I think I'm inclined to say, just looking at the numbers from last year and who's still on the team, probably going to say Calgary. I think they did a pretty good job against us in the preseason, which is why, again, when I said, well, if you don't have good defense, uh, if other team does, you're not going to have the puck for very often. Um, And so I think Calgary might be the biggest uh, defensive core in the Pacific Mm -hmm. Yeah, Calgary, I'm, Calgary really surprised a lot of people last season. And I think everybody yep. is going to be keeping their eye on them this season because they are not nothing. Like they've got yep. some things going on. They've got some things. They've got some things. And, you know, we've, I'm sure you have spoken to Jess Balmasto. I certainly have in the Pacific Division. And everyone was like, you know, running out of the burning building with some of the the moves that they made in free agency. But, you know, Jess Belmasto has gone on the record to say that she kind of likes the leadership court this year yeah, uh, a little bit better. So we shall see. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be fun to watch, scary and fun. So in the Central Division, I'm not trying to repeat myself, but I think we're looking at, wait for it, wait for it, the Colorado Avalanche. What? Now, I mean, you've got Kale McCard, Norris Trophy winner. He's like 12 years old. So, you know, he's got tons of good years ahead of him. Um, he's just phenomenal. And, and I agree with what you're saying about, you know, there is sort of a different prototypical defenseman slowly evolving in the league. And Kale McCarr is is that 108 points. He had 61 assists, which 
who has time? Kale McCarr has time, my friends. <laughs> who has Devon time? Taves, Bo Byram, Josh Manson. Like they just there's not a there's not a name on their defensive roster that I'm not like, oh, I would I would like him on our team. Having said that, I do want to give a shout out. And again, I'm not trying to play favorites, but I do want to give a shout out to the Nashville Predators because they made one move in the offseason defensively. They brought in um, Ryan McDonough from the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that one move has really dramatically changed the defensive depth of this team. So keep an eye on Nashville. Of course, we do have Roman Yossi, who was a Norris Trophy runner up and the most beautiful man in sports. Um, great. Uh, he had, I think, 96 points. So another one of those kind of newish, offensively minded defensemen as well. So for me, it's probably going to be Colorado because it's always just going to be Colorado. But Nashville, keep your eye on us. Defensively, I think we're going to be a much better team. We have I a like couple it. other categories yes. to jump into for sure. But first, if all of this talk about Pacific Division, Central Division, you know, we aren't even talking about the Eastern Conference, but we could someday. Um, and you want to get more information about these different teams, kind of figure out what's going on with them. You need to check out Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL is a daily 30-minute hockey podcast where experts from across the Locked On family come in and tell you what is going on with their team, their players, their group's outlook. All of the information that you want to know about any NHL team, you can find out at Locked On NHL. You can get Locked On NHL anywhere that you get your favorite podcasts. Locked On NHL, it is your daily 30-minute hockey podcast. All right, so... We're going to talk off-season moves because there was a lot going on, a lot going on in the off-season. So tell us, what do you think is the most, the biggest and best off-season move that happened in the Pacific Division? And there were a lot. Y'all had a lot of stuff going on there. Were a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I think it's fair to say that I can be a little bit of a homer here. Um, but I think we if we include, <laughs> no judgment, no, that's why I love coming on Lockdown Friends. It's an amazing time. Everyone should listen always. Y'all had me cackling in, in getting ready for the global series. So, oh my love. gosh, so much fun. <laughs> So, so good. Much fun. Um, okay, but anyway, back to the Pacific Division. Um, if we include the draft, the Seattle Kraken is top two. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. The drama, uh, the acquisition of not one, but two back-to-back -back, uh, drafts where we get a young centerman, that's massive. If Huge. the Seattle Kraken can do a, a great job of developing, in my opinion, per what we per what we discussed in segment one, uh, with Shane Wright, if they really can develop Shane Wright, and again, I don't think it will take a lot, but I do think he will require a little bit more than Matty Veneers. I think that's a home run that we see for years to come. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't, you cannot talk about that when it comes to the Pacific Division, and obviously, I have all eyes on that. That being said, I would still give the edge to Calgary. Uh, mentioned it a little bit. And again, Jess Balmasto on Locked on Flames will do a great job in explaining this in detail. But people were ready to lose their minds <laughs> when saw some of the players that left. Um, yes. And what the, the Flames did or 
didn't really, for that matter, get uh, for Kachuk, um, you know. And so I think that, um, I mean, Johnny Hockey also left. So mm-hmm. um, I think that Calgary, and maybe it is just because of a little bit of the drama, but um, again, going back to Jess, who I, I have faith in, if she's saying that the leadership core is actually a little bit better and they lost Johnny Hockey and Matthew Kachuk I think it's just like what like what is even happening so I think it's uh Calgary Flames for me yeah and it's so funny because like you said at one point in the offseason you're like well it's blown up like there was there it goes for Calgary like they're Mm -hmm. they're done but I agree with you you look at kind of how they've walked through that and it's like okay Calgary all right you didn't panic We did a thing. Yeah. You did a whole thing. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, when it comes to the central division, like there really was not a lot of big action. You know, Colorado lost some big name players. You y'all took Andre Burakovsky, Nazem Kadri. He's gone. Would have liked him. You mentioned Nazem. Yes. (laughs) You know, Um, (laughs) (laughs) seriously, some things we just block out, you know, (laughs) we just block them out. So there weren't like any big, it feels like a lot of the big moves happened in other divisions. So, and again, this could be the Homer in me, but I really feel like Nashville made some good offseason moves. Um, and probably we talked about, we added Ryan McDonough defensively. The other one that we added was Nino Niederreiter. We got him from the Carolina Hurricanes and we have the benefit of already being in the regular season. So I get to say with some authority, it's been great. (laughs) He's got um, three goals in two games so far in the regular season. He is the league leading goal scorer right now in the NHL. Thank you very kindly. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I think Nashville did a good job. There were two areas that really got Nashville last season, and one was defensive depth, and one was they had a second line that could not score at all, at all. It was really difficult. So they addressed that. They brought in Nito Niederreiter, Ryan McDonough. So I would say Nashville did, A, because I can see the results most quickly, but also the Central Division, a lot of people left, like Kevin Fiala left. So we had a lot of departures. We didn't have a lot of arrivals. We were that airport this offseason. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna say it is the Nashville Predators. So okay. Okay. that's what I'm going I'm, with. I'm good with that. That's what I'm going with. All right. So our final one here, final situation here is who is going to be the standout player in the Pacific, Erica? Mm. Who's just going to knock our socks off? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is a tough one. Yeah. Um, this one's tough. And when I think stand out, again, it really goes back to eliminating some people given the, the terminology that we're using. When I think of standout, I think of someone who, right, is uh, performing above what they have been performing or of what is expected. Mm-hmm. I think of um, someone who regardless of the opportunity or not is is really someone that's making an impact on their team. And for that reason, I of course I'm going to say Maddie Veneers. <laughs> like yes. Come on, I think everything is primed 
for Maddie Beneers to have a breakout season. A lot of experts have been putting Maddie Beneers and Shane Wright in that conversation league-wide. And I think if we look at the Pacific Division, we have a small sample size. Again, I've talked about that earlier on the show. We do have a small sample size. But also, this is a guy that um, was asked about why he practiced one-timers. Was it something that he felt that he was good at and he excelled at, or was it something that he felt that he could do better at? And his answer was, I missed some chances, and this is preseason. I missed some chances, and that really ticked me off, and I wasn't going to miss them again. And he was practicing with Andre Burakovsky, and the very next game, it would have been his second preseason game, he got the lone goal on a one-timer, on the power play for the Seattle Kraken. His work ethic, his drive, and his ability to convert what he's learning, what he's seeing, and what he's physically practicing, and putting that into an NHL game, I'm going with Matty Beniers. Mm. I will tell you, he is one of the players I am most excited to watch this season. Not just because your enthusiasm is contagious, but because he does seem like a player, just a young player, whose hockey IQ, who's able to learn something, process it, translate it in, on the ice, so high. I think he is a really exciting young guy. So I am on board with this pick. I'm actually really, he is one of my, you know, top five guys that I'm like, this is somebody I want to keep my eye on. So yeah. I vote yes. I, I vote yes to it all. And, and the impact that a good season for him could potentially have on where the Seattle Kraken fare mm. in the pecking order, I think is massive. So yes, that's my pick all the way. All right. Well, for the Central Division, believe it or not, I'm not going Nashville or Colorado. And I know it seems like those are the only two teams that there are, but... <laughs> <laughs> so for me in the central division, um, you know, of course you've got Kale McCarr, we've got Roman Yossi, Matthew Say, we've got lots of, lots of talent, but I really do think the player who is just going to blow it up yet again in the central division is going to be Minnesota's Kirill Kaprizov. Like mm. this kid is just Ooh. incredible uh, coming Ooh. off of a 108 point season. So, you know, he's already, you know what he is capable of, but the, and there's just no reason to think that he's not going to be able to repeat or exceed that. He still has his line mates, Ryan Hartman and uh, Matt Zuccarello. So he's still primed for another great season. 81 games last season. If he can stay healthy, heaven help us. Um, and, and, and I just, I just think, I just think his game is altogether together. He, he just doesn't have a weakness. And so for me, I really think in the central division, the player who is just going to knock socks off and, and maybe make people cry is going to be Caprice off. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I think when you think of the Minnesota wild, um, the, obviously Kirill Kaprizov stands out. I think again, when I think of this question and you think of even someone in a different division and you think of a player that you've known and that you know, like, Hey, this is the real deal. I, I like that pick. And I like that pick a lot. Yeah. I wish, I wish I could, you know, the Homer in me wants to say someone else, but I'm, I'm telling you, he's, he's going to have another great season. All right. So we're going to wrap this up really quick, Erica. I want you to tell me, how do you see the Pacific division shaking out? Well, I really do think, again, that Calgary will be at the top. I know that we had them at the lock on NHL um, rankings at two. I really think that they'll 
they'll be one. Uh, I do think Edmonton has a pretty good shot of being in that top three. As far as the Seattle Kraken, we have them at seven. I'm not feeling that. And I think Mm. that it might maybe a little ambitious to have them at five in the Pacific division, but I think six is, is where I'd like to see us really aim for. If we can get six, sixth in the division again, I don't see us making the playoffs, but I think that we first have to tackle the division win games in the division. And I think that um, that five, six spot, given what Vancouver is looking like, given what Calgary, Edmonton, and even Los Angeles, who they're kind of that swing team that I think could bump the Kraken up or down. Um, But I'm saying I'd like to see us in the five, six spot in the Pacific division. Um, But I do think we'll miss the playoffs. Mm, That makes me a little bit sad, but. You know, what do you do? Can't hey, everybody can't make it. Everybody can't make it. Maybe I'll be wrong. I mean, there are some experts yeah. that have us in slim chance of sub 20, uh, sub 30%, about 27% chance. Um, again, for me, I don't think people are factoring in that our defense has not improved enough and that goaltending is still the wild card. So for me, the safer bet is saying that they're not going to make it. But if I'm wrong, I'd be happy to be wrong. <laughs> It's never felt so good. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So the Central Division, I know this is going to be shocking to you. I really do think we're going to see Colorado at the top. I I know they've had a lot of changes in their roster, but by dang, the jerks are still good. So I and 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 you know look I love our I love our locked on avalanche co-hosts they're amazing and yeah. here's the deal Colorado is they're they're just where the bar is set in the central division I think in the NHL and and they've earned it they're a great team so Colorado is going to finish first in the central division you know we've got uh it's the middle meet that's going to be interesting I think with St. Louis Minnesota Nashville and Dallas that could shake out a number of different ways. It's kind of hard to predict that meaty middle. I think the bottom, we've got Chicago and Arizona, bless their hearts. And Winnipeg is somewhere, but probably towards the bottom. So um, Nashville, <laughs> somewhere in the bottom, but we love them, bless their hearts. Um, Nashville, you know, I could see Nashville finishing third in the division. Um, there is a chance, you know, Nashville could could finish fifth, you know, that two through five, it's up for grabs. It It mm-hmm. is encouraging. Nashville already has four points. So at least we're, you know, starting strong. Out. <laughs> but once everybody else starts to play, all bets are off. So yeah. Colorado is, um, I think, going to win the Central. Who do you think is going to come out of the Western Conference for the Stanley Cup Finals, Erica? Ooh, who do, out of the whole conference? Out of the whole conference. I'm I'm gonna agree with you. I I think it's Colorado's to lose. Um, yeah. Again, out of the Pacific Division, I think Calgary has will have a really good run. Uh, I think early returns, but they should have a pretty good run. They've made improvements, but I think you're right. It's the standard not only for the Western Conference but for uh, the NHL, and so. Let's let's go with Colorado for now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look, everybody, you heard it here first. Eric and I have told you the truth as we know it. Um, <laughs> and and we'll see how it all begins to unfold until that happens. Erica, tell all of our Locked on Preds listeners where they can find you and your work. 
Well, first of all, Anne, thank you for having me on. We always have a good time. Um, and thank you, Preds fans, for for uh, you know sticking it out and, and listening to us and our our all of our takes and uh, you know little wit and spiciness. Love it. Um, but you can find me at elindsay08. That's e l i n d s a y 08. That's my personal social media. Pretty much all platforms. And then you can find the show, of course, at Locked On Kraken. All one word. I love it. All right. And uh, I am Ann Kimmel. You can find my work at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. And you can find the podcast at LO underscore Predators as well. So want to thank everybody for joining us. Thank you for making Locked On your first listen of the day. We hope that you all have a fantastic day. And we will be back tomorrow with all new episodes.